The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Jess Kelly has joined us. Today is a big day. It's Internet Safety Day. And the question really is, Jess, can you keep kids safe on the Internet? Is it possible? It's a very, very tricky issue. And, you know, I hate to be flippant about it and give advice because every child is different. Every scenario is different. But what parents need to know is that there are supports out there. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, parents would be saying, but sure, I haven't got a clue when it comes to this stuff. You know, Bebo is still so new. And what's a Facebook? This technology has been around for a while now. We're so reliant on it for so many different aspects of our lives. And it's important that parents take the time to educate themselves and get informed on the different issues. There are so many resources out there to help parents. Webwise.ie is a brilliant online portal that has areas for teachers, for parents and for children. And the ISPCC.ie has a brilliant online portal where they have videos from different experts talking through what parents need to be be aware of and how they can take action if something goes wrong. Now, can the kids get round the actions taken by the parents? In some instances, yes, and in some instances, no. So, for example, there are a number of apps that you can download onto a phone that will enable a child. Uh, you could see that where the child is. So the location trackers, for example, if it's something that you have to install locally onto the child's phone and the child knows how to uninstall or remove an app, that's not foolproof. There are other more sophisticated solutions that are kind of ingrained into the DNA of the device and are associated with the account of the child to the account of the parent. One that I'm always talking about is Google Family Link. And when you're setting up the device, or you can do it retrospectively if you just uh, do some switches in the settings, That will allow parents to see how much screen time the child is actually having, uh, what apps they're using. You can control things like their internet access. You can turn off access to certain applications and so on. And that's not as easy to get around in terms of turning that off. Suppose, you know, they just want to Google their history project. Yeah. But instead they're Googling porn. Well, look. That is an issue. And the reality, you know, from a lot of the, the, the surveys and a lot of the studies that have been done, and I've been involved in research groups with younger people as well, the reality is not every child is sitting down to do that. What can sometimes happen and what happens in a lot of cases is it's kids in the playground who have got mobile phones and they're showing a younger child something or the older sibling of a child is showing the younger friend something. So look, this does happen and I think we'd all be naive to say, oh God, my child wouldn't ever, you know, look at that or engage in it or search for it. Okay, but make them jump through hoops if they want to do it. Make, make it them, difficult. Make it difficult, but also, and look, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it is worth engaging the child in a conversation. I always say, start with the basics. What are you doing online? Get involved in their online life. We don't let them go to a sports club or gymnastics or whatever it is without knowing who they're with, what they're doing and for how long. And I think we have to ingrain ourselves in their digital lives as well. Yeah. It is very difficult to a certain extent. It can be like trying to catch smoke to make this a little bit better for the parents. But there has to be the will there. And you need to remember that there are supports out there. If you're not sure, get onto an organisation like Webwise or like the ISPCC. Ask for help, ask for advice and you will absolutely get it. Okay, webwise.ie, ISPCC. Dot IE, and then on Google Family Link. Google Family Link. It's completely free and uh, you basically just tie the child's Gmail account that's on their device to your account and then you get eyes on uh, what they're doing.
Yeah, I was just the reality of this. I mean, it can be quite extreme. For example, I've been watching the Pamela Anderson mm. documentary on Netflix and her kids were able to know what they did or not. They could access the sex tapes of Tommy Lee and herself. Yeah, online. but, you know, the, like the, the key issue is the Internet is a brilliant resource, but there's also bad sides to it. And I think we have to have I, I don't know how many times I've said it to you over the years. We need to have proper education around this. It's not good enough to have safer Internet Day and then to call it a day and say, look, that's the box ticks for this year. This is something that's evolving every single day. However, it's been around for long enough that we should have proper educational uh, facilities and resources in place. We should have proper uh, supports for families that they know about because the worst thing that can happen is something arises and a parent goes looking for a solution in a blind panic. At that stage it's too late so it's all about taking back an element of control having the conversations, going into it eyes wide open and then acting appropriately and proportionately when something crops up. All right, and I should say by the way I don't know whether you've seen the Pamela Anderson documentary I I really liked her at the end of it Oh, really? Was, yeah, really, uh, you know, had great admiration for her, her toughness, her doggedness, uh, all she's been through, raped at the age of 12, at the age of three or four, being interfered with by a babysitter, you know, a female babysitter. Oh, it's uh, incredible. Anyway. But also the, the notion of what happened with the sex tape and all the rest, like that type and not to scare it or overstate it, but that is essentially what's happening with intimate image abuse. And it's happening to average people, not movie stars or TV stars or anything like that. So we do need to be eyes wide open about it. Now, let's talk about your latest device, the Samsung S23 Ultra. Yeah, this is a phone that I've been very excited to get my hands on for some time now because I've been a huge fan of Samsung for the last number of years. I got the S22, I bought it, I was very, very excited and then I ended up giving it to my dad within a number of days because the battery life just wasn't there for me. The S20- You must love your dad. I do love my... My dad's my favourite person but he doesn't need a battery to be looking at himself on Instagram all day whereas I do, that's the key difference. But the S23 is an upgrade... However, on paper, you may think they're modular upgrades. Uh, so the one that I have is the Ultra. That's kind of the, the king of the lineup. It has the bigger screen, so a 6.8 inch screen. There are three options in terms of storage. So 256 gigs, 512 gigs or a terabyte of storage. Uh, there's 8 or 12 gigs of RAM. However, the key difference with this phone and the biggest upgrade that you would notice versus everything else on the spec sheet is the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, which is a processor that's been specifically built for the Samsung Galaxy lineup. And this does a hell of a a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to the phone. The battery is 5,000 milliamps and I was kind of sceptical. I was nervous. Was I going to face the same thing as we did with the S22? However, that's not the case. I have been using this since Wednesday of last week Mm -hmm. and the battery life on it is consistently excellent. So I'm getting through a full day, not just my work day, but a full day with the battery. You're kind of going to bed at around half 10 or 11 o'clock with still around 22% battery, okay. which is heavy going. So from you charge it like overnight me. and you're ready to go. You're ready to go. The other key points with this one, it has the S Pen, which is the little stylus built into the bottom. They've kind of continued to develop what you can do with the S Pen in terms of writing or controls. And it has the 200 megapixel wide, a 12 megapixel ultra wide and a dual 10 megapixel telephoto lens, as well as a 12 megapixel selfie camera. So if you are interested in your cameras, if you want a high performing, very powerful smartphone that will rival the iPhone 14 Pro Max, I think the S23 Ultra it's a contender for the smartphone of the year already. I know we're only in February, but it is an excellent smartphone. 
it's not cheap. It's not cheap. That's the downside. So the, the most affordable, and I say that in air quotes, of these models is €1,459. If you want the version that has a terabyte of storage, you're looking at €1,879. Wow. It's a lot of money. This is not for the average user. If you want the S range, we're going to have the average S23 in studio in a few weeks and we'll give you that review. This is for the the demanding user, the person okay. like me who's so, on the phone the whole time. And this is the biggest screen and uh, at the top end, one terabyte of storage. That's €1,879. Euro. But yes. presumably the standard S23 will come in at a, a more competitive price. It is. It's, so it's more competitively priced. However, it doesn't have um, some of the features that make this phone a wow phone. So I'm going to r- hold off on sort of talking through the S23 until I've had time to put it through its paces because I, I myself last year when I bought an S22, I got the basic S22 rather than the Ultra. And I know some people who absolutely loved the Ultra could understand my frustrations with the S22 because they're not putting necessarily the same spec inside all of the phones. It's just like what iPhone does. The, the basic iPhone versus the Pro Max, there are key differences and you can sort of see it in the performance. So when we have the basic S23, we'll put it through the same tests that we've done with this phone. But if you are looking to invest, if you are due an upgrade, if you have a work phone that you're you're entitled to, um, I, I think this one is excellent. The cameras are stunning, particularly in the low light. You may have already seen the ads on TV for the S23 range and one of the key points that's one of the sort of taglines is you know you're going to hear people say oh will you send that to me because you're not going to get as good a photograph in low light from any other camera than you would from the S23 Ultra. Alright some of the questions coming in I have a Samsung my son uh, has Android my daughter has iPhone mm. I can use Google Family Link on son's phone but not on daughter's is there a way around that? You should be able to, once you have a Gmail account, if you want to email techtalk at newstalk.com, I will send you over the instructions, but it should be a case of just plug and play. Um, now, I know that you're a gamer. Yes. And my 10-year-old plays Forza Horizon 5. Is there anything I need to watch out for from an online safety perspective? I watch him playing sometimes and it seems okay but it's hard to know for definite. Forza, firstly, Forza Horizon 5 is my favourite game. It is incredible. Is it? It's a driving game and the soundtrack is incredible and the imagery is stunning. Uh, what you need to now watch you out... you don't f- drive a car. I can't drive a car, but I'm excellent at virtual <laughs> driving. I'm also really good at Mario Kart as well. So, you know, <laughs> skills. Uh, but it, when it comes to these games and any games, what you need to know is, is the child playing locally? So just on their device uh, or are they playing in a connected world? So that could be somewhere that there is a chat room. If you hear them talking to other players, if you see chats coming up on the side screen, that's what you need to be wary of. Uh, when it comes to other gaming games as well, you want to check in terms of in-app purchases, anything like that. But as games Games go, Forza Horizon 5 is excellent. Um, How do you know uh, who your child is talking to online? You don't. And that's one of the key issues. So a number of the platforms like Instagram are doing more and more to try and verify uh, users. There's also a parental mode on Instagram as well. So you can tie your child's Instagram account to your account. However, the key issue here is that kids, they're not all just using the one app. There are apps that spring up and are popular for a little while and they go away again. If you have concerns, you know, one of the things that the ISPCC, when we were working with them a few years ago, they were saying, you know, get to do a a turn up of the phone each week to see who they're talking to. If they don't know who they're talking to, if they can't stand over and say, this is definitely Sarah from my class, then you need to block and report and just, Mm. again, take control. A couple of quick things. Does Google, Google Chromebook need virus protection? Uh, 
you can get it. AVG will do the job, but I don't use it on my own. Okay, I've seen that the pictures we take on our phones go to the cloud and the electric energy they use is ridiculous. Is there any way of storage or should we all go back to old cameras? That's from Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Um, Look, you can do that. You can buy external hard drives and all the rest. But the the benefits of the cloud is that they're secure, but they're also accessible no matter where you are. Because if I had an external hard drive here in the studio and I spilt my cup of tea all over it, that could be it gone. Uh, So I wouldn't be an advocate for moving away from the cloud, I have to say. All right, Jess Kelly, thank you very much for uh, joining us. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the News Talk app, powered by GoLad. All you do is search for the podcast. Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.